Hey Rippers, are you learning how to surf? But are you a beginner or a big old kook? There is a difference, you know. And since there's many ways to kook it, you should stick around and learn a few things. Because if you don't know, let me tell you right now that surfers love to spot a kook. But don't get all stressed about it, because everyone kooks it once in a while. And that's the reason for the kook cast. Because the more you know, the less you'll kook it. So bust out your swimmies and get ready to learn. The KookCast is here to lead you on your journey out of kookdom one episode at a time. And hopefully offer you some traction on this slippery slope between kookery and killing it. I'm your host, Coach Chris, and I started the surf coaching and education resource, thesurfcontinuum.com. And, oh man, I got such a good episode this week for you. Maybe I just love it so much because it's one of my good friends, but I think you're going to love it too. We, uh, we got a couple good stories we're going to recall for you in our years of teaching surfing and also a couple good insights, some good education in there. Certainly, you're not going to talk to John and, and not get some good surf education out of it. And uh, yeah, I'm not going to spoil anything with this intro. I'm just going to let you have right at it. And so make sure you enjoy. You! Shit, man. Well, there's there's no formal way to start these things, which is part of what I love about it. But uh, I think I just wanted to start by saying how I came to like really, really appreciate your ability as an instructor because of this one specific time back when we were like doing our teaching with the whole big production style, you know, get as many out as you can in one day, make as many people as happy as you can in one day. Um, the prostitution but, ring. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> um, you, you still really, well, we both did. We both really cared about still doing a good job as teachers, as educators. Mm-hmm. But I realized it because I was paddling out with a student as you were already out and getting someone into a wave. And some, I, you know, I don't even remember the details. I just remember something went wrong. I saw it from up front while I was paddling out. So I had the perfect view of it. You didn't see as good because you were out the back. And you were like, hey, this happened. You should do this. But, and it was like a perfect analysis of what happened and the perfect advice to it. And I was like thinking back on what I had just seen even better than you. And I was like, holy shit, he's right. That's exactly what happened. I was like, that was such good advice. And I was like, damn, I got to make sure that I'm doing that too, you mm-hmm. know? And I was just like, it just kept a standard for me always to teach at that level, to be able to not, not just be like, oh, all right, let's try it again. Come on back out here. But to actually have some value, some, have some, some feedback. Insight. Yeah. Have some something feedback. for someone to aspire towards or to, to try and do. So, yeah. And that's actually something that's interesting with surfing in general too. Uh, when I'm teaching, but surfing is just that how we all impact each other and everyone sees each other. It's like we were just talking about, but you see someone surfing and they do something you want to do and everyone pushes it, you know, mm. more people surf. Switch so it's like Ollie, Benz, he put, he started riding endless soft tops. Last summer, I saw like six kids, some adults doing it, you know, got medium <laughs> yeah, yeah. wave Dave is losing it on those things. <laughs> like, it's just, it's unbelievable stuff. And he does a good job of making it look so fun though. He's gotta be, he might be having more fun than anyone I've ever seen. And especially cause he doesn't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he does this one thing that's my favorite when he's on his stomach and he looks like he falls asleep. And one time he was side slipping with his eyes closed and he hit a bump and smashed his head. <laughs> <laughs> and he played it off great, but I was like, damn, I saw that, that was awesome. <laughs> well shit. Yeah. Cheers, brother. Cheers, man. 
Um, so like, I'm like really excited about this one because I know we got so much background, so many stories to tell. We're not ever going to be able to capture it all, mm -hmm. but uh, we'll have fun with it. We'll make sure we get a chance to talk about your teaching philosophy and, and what you're doing with teaching surfing now because uh, like, I know you're doing your own thing and mm -hmm. you know, putting your, your own philosophy out there un, uninhibited by anything or anybody. So I'm so into that. Um, I think... Okay, so here's a note I made for myself. I was thinking back on some of our good, like the days where we just were having straight up fun teaching people surfing. Mm -hmm. Back, back, back years ago. And there was just a couple of people, clients, students that came to mind, but one in particular. I wonder if you'll know before I say who. And uh, man, it was a wild ride of a summer with this person. And... Uh Go ahead. Jackie? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I was like, holy yeah. shit, we got to tell that story, even if it's just the abridged version, because okay. we could spend an hour and a half talking about that story. But I just thought it was like, that's going to be such an entertaining one to just get lost and listen to and like the shit that we fucking dealt with and, and enjoyed. And oh my God, there's just, there's a lot to it. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, this is the coup cast. First thing is... Yeah, sometimes you do some really, really kooky shit. It, it makes some really amazing stuff happen. So you got to go for it because this is exactly that. I mean, the person that we're talking about, um, we were giving a group paddleboard lesson at, a, you know, a yacht club out here. And um, which is, I mean, you could imagine flat water. It's a group of people. You know, it's not what you call like, you know, the, the pinnacle of teaching surfing. And... Um, and th this one chick who either I don't even she wasn't even part of the group, but this yeah she wasn't part of the group. She was just like she was staying at the club, yeah, and on the beach watching this all go down. And so this lady's sitting there with like buckets of like champagne, tequila, eating lobsters and stuff, and just sort of starts like kind of feeding us and giving us stuff. <laughs> go ahead. Well, yeah, no, I remember this part because we were like a bunch of stray cats where, I mean, you were definitely the boldest of us, but we were all kind of slowly creeping over like, oh, there's free food over there. Like, oh, and tequila and champagne. Ooh. Uh, and like one of us would go over and she was, and she was more like the cat lady, you know, yeah, like, come yeah, on. She was, she was like the rich bag lady, you know, in the, in the park. Yeah. And then I also remember though, just before that, we had seen her trying to kayak with her, her man friend. Really? Well, that memory you know, escapes me, but I really wish I had it still in my head. Oh, no. Wait, her man friend? Wait, which man friend did she have? Was it the black one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the big jack dude. Yeah. So, for la ladies and gentlemen, she was collecting good-looking men. I mean, like, let's just get down to that. And she like, knew the bait she needed to use. Yeah. She's like, good food and tequila, we'll get them. And she was never wrong. So, she had a personal trainer who was, like, literally, like, black Hercules, super good-looking smart guy. And I guess he was in a canoe when we first met them. Yeah, yeah. Well, and they were tipping all over the place. They were in six inches of water, not off the beach, barely. And uh, yeah, and then they're sitting on the beach. So we had noticed them and we were like, get a load of this, you know, pointing her out. And, but then she started feeding us and, and uh, you know, then we shut up. Whining and dining. <laughs> yeah, and then um, we even, so we even ended up giving a couple of surf lessons to her, which was actually some of the funniest things that would ever happen because like to paint the picture, like she would be kind of pretty, but she was also a little bit thicker. Than you might have wanted and also more uh, than a little bit well whatever and she also um you know uh, uh, pretty crazy honestly like pretty Very wild crazy. so like we're giving her surf lessons and she's in this like wetsuit which is like a little too tight for her and like there's all these kids around and stuff and she's just like had enough of it and like her surf lesson like was not did not consist of standing on a wave 
But uh, she just <laughs> pulls her wetsuit half down. She's just in her bra with this huge cleavage. And, like, all like she's just Little Mermaid on a board on the way in, you know? Like, she just gave the front half of herself up and just... Um, that was, and that was pretty, that was a good wave. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> and, but the best part was she didn't care Mm-mm. like what happened or how it went down. Nope. That it's, means we didn't care. And she really just She wanted, actually came to the beach with a freezer bag of tequila and yeah, drinks. Right. And that's what I was going to say. She just wanted to like Party. have a session with us so that she could have a session of drinking tequila with us. So she was kind of over the surfing before it even started. Yeah. Yeah. It was but really, you like, you kind of sold her on it when we were back at the yacht club, you oh, know, you okay, like, wait. Oh, you should serve with us, blah, blah, blah. Okay. <laughs> no. So this is coming back and then this is what happened, right? So she's saying this stuff and she's acting outlandish, like super rich. Like she can do whatever the fuck she wants. There's no end to her money kind of deal. Like really balling out, acting crazy. And like sometimes it's true. And sometimes people are full of shit. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? You don't totally. know. The first thing she told me, I'm a huge Dave Chappelle fan. She's like, oh my god, Dave, you're right. Dave Chappelle. She told me this first day she met me. Yep, yep, I knew yep, Dave yep. Chappelle was having just came back from his hiatus, and he was uh, doing a shows at Radio City Music Hall. And she literally goes to me without me ever saying or do I had just known about this. She's like, I'm gonna, I'll take you to go see Dave Chappelle, Buster Rhymes, Chanel Monet at fucking Radio City Music Hall next week. I was like, no, you won't. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. I was like, I was like, I've seen it all. I was, I was like, there's no, okay, fine, yeah, whatever. Well, no, she, she told all of us. Right. You know, and, and I, I wrote it off immediately. I was like, no way. Right. I didn't even, like, consider it. That was just too outrageous of an invitation to somebody you just met, you know. So, for me, it wasn't even real. And I think you kind of entertained it by saying no. Well, I, I always entertain crazier things than you do. So. <laughs> well, that's so, definitely true. But uh, anyway, so literally a week later, she's like, we're going. Yep. She's getting a car. And me and you were... Oh, wait, wow. but wait. wait yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember the the fuck? Okay. So we get there and the whole yacht club. We get she has yacht. us show up. She's like, we're going. Are you guys down? And we're like, we're discussing it all day. Remember? We're like, are we going to do this? Like now we've gotten to know her maybe a few more times over that week in between the first meeting and when the, the show, the day of the show is. So we're like, I mean, so far, everything she said has been true. Like, are we going to do this we, and and at the end of it we were like fuck yeah how could we not see this through this sounds so even if it's not what it's supposed to be it just sounds pretty adventurous and fun to, to do yeah so will, she has us she wants us to meet her at the yacht club and that's where right and so we go to her room and she's in the process of a fighting with a essentially like one of the butlers or whatever the hell they are no, uh, the manager the manager okay right the manager. But no one has a butler sorry yeah so, okay so anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay right so she's she doesn't this is not a butler this is a, that, that was just in my head but <laughs> which is funny but in any case um no, so she's fighting with the manager. Her room literally looks like she had just flown straight in from Burning Man and had fucking dumped all of her shit from there and there. There yeah. were costumes and masks and clothes and underwear everywhere. All everything was completely fucked. And the manager's yelling at her. So right now we're we're on the fence of you know faith in this woman. Yeah. And yeah. we walk into this, and we're, it looks like they're trying to kick her out. So we're like, oh no, she she's not as rich as she's saying. She's full of shit. And I'm thinking we gotta bail before we get in that car, cause there is a car waiting for us. And I'm like, <sighs> oh maybe it's time to bail. <laughs> yep. And uh, and so I say this to her. I'm like, look. We're having trouble believing you. Like, I, like, I, like you remember this? Is this yes. real? Like, what I said? Like, I, 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 <laughs> you were straight up with her about how we were feeling. Yeah, I was like, we are really not okay with what's going on here. Can you explain this to me? And she literally looks at me and she goes, okay, check this. She goes, I've been spending anywhere between $600 and $1,000 a day on food and drinks at this fucking hotel, plus what I've been paying for the hotel room every single day. She's like, if I want, I should be able to take a shit on the deck right now. And <laughs> yeah, they shouldn't yeah. say a fucking word to me. And she said that to me, and I was like, and she's like, they're just mad because I'm not out of the room in time. And right, right, right. And 
she was supposed to be out of the room like two days before. And granted, the room was a, a horror show, so I can see why that guy was upset, the manager. But I saw her point. I was like, yo, if I was spending a grand a day, I would expect I could and do I'm whatever. And I'm pretty sure it was more than that, but <laughs> never mind. The the funniest part, though, is she was like, well, help me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, we you backed over. <laughs> but, dude, I was like, this is ridiculous. Are you fucking? So I take a bag, and I'm like, well, all right. And I just start shoving shit in the bag. Dude, she showed she's us like, how that's to- fine, that's fine. Just fucking throw <laughs> it in there. <laughs> Dude, and then she showed us how to zip a bag like she was a professional expert. She's like, no, 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 you're doing it all wrong. <laughs> and she flips it upside down, straddles it, which closes it between her thighs, and pulls the zipper up. And then she's got the driver. What was it, Raji? Uh, what was his oh, name? I don't remember his name. That's pretty... Dude, because yeah. she was screaming it the whole time. All right, so... We, oh, you're right. You're right. I don't remember his name, but she was screaming his name the whole time, like "Faster, faster! Come on, Raji, pick it up!" <laughs> yeah, so, so we, yeah, we finally, we finally get everything in the car, and then we're in the back seat. We're drinking beers, and, and with and she's not there yet. Remember this? And we're asking the driver. We're like, "Hey, do you know her? Is this cool? Like, are we? Like, what's gonna happen to us?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, she likes to party. You know, she does this." So we're like. Oh, okay. He didn't seem we to like care. <laughs> but uh, but that's because that was his life. And we found out shortly after what his life was like. <laughs> which was her screaming at him that just go faster, just go faster. I'll pay the tickets. Just go get around this person. And then like we'd listen to the radio and then like it would switch to a commercial. And she'd be like, am I listening to a fucking commercial right now? <laughs> and she was like the most outlandish shit like from a movie, this woman. Okay. Okay. And so this is a three hour drive to the city, by the way, just for context. Yeah. Yeah. We're going from Montauk to New York City. Actually, it was probably faster than that. Well, it should have been three hours. Who knows how long it was? Because we got drunk on the way. Yeah. So, because yeah, she was just feeding us beers and like wine and or whatever. So this is the cra- this is probably the craziest part, is like so we get to the place and I'm pretty drunk and I really have to pee, <laughs> and and she, at the, at some point she had mentioned that she has a husband. And then that, like, he might be showing up now, which she hadn't mentioned until we'd been, like, drunk in the car, like, an hour away. And I was, I had no idea she had a husband. Like, the only man I see her with was her black trainer, who was, a, you know, like, I and mean. I'm like, oh, great. What the hell is this dude going to think when, like, three handsome young men show up with her wife? You know, yeah, like, oh, it God. wasn't, it wasn't We're sounding like fuck. a dream scenario for him or us. But so check, it actually got to the crazy, this is. So I get in there, I have to pee really, really bad. I'm in the bathroom, I'm taking a piss, and I hear this dude come into their apartment and start yelling at her. And I'm like literally probably five feet away, but through a door, and I'm like peeing, I'm like, I'm, I'm like freaking out. And I, I zip it, I finally cut it off, I zip it off, and I hop in the shower, cause he's coming in, and sure enough, bro, the guy gets in, he starts taking a piss. I'm like trying to shut the fuck up, but I'm like laughing. And he, he like in a movie, pulls the thing back and I'm sitting there like this. And he's like, who the fuck are you? And I was like, I was like, oh my God. And he also was a huge English man. He was like 6'3 and kind of fat. Like, and he, angry. Super pissed, but he should have been more bad, like frankly. But yeah, he calmed uh, he, down pretty fast. He came to see the show with us. We all went together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all went together to go see Dave Chappelle. And and that's really the moral of the story is that it actually went down. It went down. Yeah. And it was a great show. It was great. Everyone was dying laughing. Dave killed it. And then she, we were like, "Yo, you need to just drive, get a driver for us to bring us back home, like whenever." Oh we no, want. she promised that and all night. She was like, "Anytime you guys need to bail, I'll have a driver." Blah blah blah. And but before, like even that, after the show, we went out. You know, we all went out. And you took us to uh, the, like the Fat Pig or some shit like that. Like a, yeah. So I remember our, our one of our buddies, who we knew from out here, he managed it or whatever. So we had it. Um, in. I'm losing the name right now, but I, it's something like something with a pig. I feel. 
All right. Well, <laughs> anyway, it got to a point where it was like 12 at night and we're three hours away from where we need to go to sleep. And we're like, I hope, I hope the last promise Comes sees through. itself through, you know, and sure enough, it was. And we just got to get in this car, this giant, carriage car, uh, carriage car ride home. <laughs> giant backseat. Yeah. Right. Smoking the whole way out, drinking still. We we're just like, that was fucking And then fun. we fell asleep. I woke up. I woke up, and at that point, I lived in a trailer on a farm, so I got dropped off on a dirt road. I woke up <laughs> so rocked, and I was just like, a, stumbled out of that nice car onto a dirt road, and then hobbled into a trailer on a farm. How was that explaining <laughs> to our girlfriends after or before? I don't remember what was harder, explaining why we were doing this in the first place or when so, we got back. But I just remember being like, <laughs> how could you not? Like, look at this situation. No, <laughs> like, no. Yep. No, it was it was pretty amazing all around, uh, and yeah, I can't imagine that they were overjoyed. I don't remember specifically. But. No, they weren't happy. <laughs> <laughs> but who could blame them? Who could blame anyone actually for anything they were thinking or feeling during that? Yeah, I mean, I mean, we were just riding the wave. It was just like this thing's still going. Well, why kick out now? <laughs> exactly. That's the ultimate attitude. That's how you get tubes sometimes. Just sit there. Uh, um, but that was like honestly the first note I put. I was like, all right, so talking to John, we got so much to talk about. How we met, how we, like, remember Puerto Rico? I mean, we had been surfing around each other a long time before we, like, formally got to know each other, you know? And uh -huh. we both kind of thought well, each other didn't like each other, or what was it, or uh, something like that, until we realized we loved each other. Well, that's true, for sure. Uh, I definitely thought at first that we, we weren't going to get along very well, and then we got along really well. But I like that you said met formally because we were living in the dirtiest small underground Puerto Rican basement <laughs> lying to the guy because there, there were six of us and there was always supposed to be three but two of us all looked like each other so there was two two and two and that and we were living in like complete squalor like the least formal way to meet someone <laughs> that was our and formal introduction the, the actually no dude that was a later trip we met in when Graham rented the house for like three months oh you're right you know what you're right about that but that's still a funny story now that you mention it because we all had to make a point to not go so me and John looked like each other. Did you have long we, hair? And then? we had long, yeah, I had long That's hair. That's why so everyone we, had the same haircut. Yeah, the twos each. The two, two, and two, and Matt was the only odd one out. So no, we had him, to make him and Ian had both had short hair. Oh, you're right. And you're kind right. of brownish. I mean, they yeah, weren't that yeah, good. Yeah. And then it was, was Adam and Graham with the curly blonde hair, and you and me with the long hair. So we all just had to make this point not to go together. Like this is the same <laughs> yeah. guy, basically. Yeah, like we, we couldn't to... hang out, you and I, when we were walking out of the house. It's like that's my twin. Oh, look at that little red. Is that spider? What's that little thing? Oh yeah, I caught that. Ooh, that's a crazy color. That's a bright red. Yeah, that, you don't want to touch those. Nature says so. Bright red's bad. Uh, that is funny, but yeah, we met actually maybe two years before that, in a much nicer house. That's actually right. They had they had a setup. That's right. Matt and Graham had the setup. Those guys are the best. They are. <laughs> they were so wild when it was Matt and Graham probably like those two all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but it's good though because if they, they did that now, they'd be dead. So. All yeah, right. Can you, can you guys hear that? You guys listen to this? <laughs> yeah, well, that's my opinion. <laughs> I uh, I definitely want to hear about like some of your your teaching like ideas, what you have in mind for uh, surf education. Like we both definitely have like a passion about doing it properly and doing it well, doing it deeply, doing it thoughtfully. You know, not just send you home with a smile and a picture. You know, but like, what does it really mean? And what are we doing out there on the ocean with our boards and we both definitely have different ways of executing what we want to give, but I guess like talk about longevity and, and, and your concepts of. Well, yeah. So, I mean, I mean, one, when you went, you did your, uh, your thing with surf continuum, that's been 
a really cool thing to look at and see you do. I, I like that a lot. Um, and just like how, like the philosophy you bring to it. For me, um, it's similar. I mean, I really want to do, uh, you know, how I do things is, you know, individualistic, one-on-one, really uh, focus on that. And the philosophy is that I'd like to be able to, one, provide like a real service where I can give people something they can understand. Like what I'm going to do is going to be called SurfSense. And it's a consultation that allows you to, me to show you on a scale where you're at and how you can get improved in different uh, key areas. And there's also coaching that will be involved. And then the thing that I really want to do <clears throat> philosophically with anything I do with surfing is related to real life. Mm-hmm. Because I... Go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, because um, <clears throat> that's kind of the most important thing I ever learned from teaching surfing is that everything in surfing is a metaphor for life. Mm. So that's been the biggest thing is to be able to have something where I can show people stuff, have them in, have more enjoyment in the ocean and actually learn about themselves and the culture and everything that you can get from surfing and also how that kind of reflects back on your life. Because everything that I do and all the reasons that <clears throat> I find myself happy and the key mindsets that I have and everything stems from surfing. Like even t- today is, I mean, is a great example. Like I said, I hit my leg um, like two days ago surfing and I was kind of like limping, you know what I mean? But I wasn't like that's you know, stoked on <laughs> like, you know, I wanted to surf and I kind of didn't know if I should. But I just went and got in the water and got in nature and did things. And one, it actually it was crazy how well my leg worked when I was surfing. And two, just the general mindset it has and how, you know, it's like that lesson, just making sure you get in nature, make sure you're getting moving. You know, those simple things, but when you translate into your life, they make a big difference. Mm. So that's kind of that's kind of the main thing I'd like to impart when, I, when I'm with people. Um, right. Yeah, and then try not to make it so it's, a, you know. <laughs> another thing, so, right, we're in the middle of this uh, pandemic, right? We got, you know, coronavirus and everything, and there's so many people around and stuff and it's interesting to see you know because you do some of these people i've taught in the past or everything like that and how surfing is seen so much as just this activity you do rather than what it really is as a culture and you know what i mean that's it's probably the best way to find it mm. and it's funny like being kooky is like i was just thinking about it earlier is like you know if you don't understand the culture when you go into it you basically are a kook right because you right. do like you know that's for instance like if like i would i would shake hands say hi to you or whatever but in some cultures like literally if i try to do that or like this happened to me like there was a, there's a certain religious group right i can't touch someone's wife i was when i was working for tesla right i went to go shake some of her hands and he just put his hand back out and grabbed it for me and i obviously didn't realize that but like yeah i would like if i had just grabbed his hand's wife like i would have badly offended them like right, they probably right. would have cooked it <laughs> yeah i would have fucking cooked it and he would have walked out of there and not bought that car you know whatever <laughs> yeah. but like they would have really been bummed um and like you know that's their life that's how and that's how it was surfing and people just understanding certain things like like how some spots are more, more hollow than others and how people have been serving them for a long time or, you know, some of their lives uh, just, you know, working these places, keeping them secret, trying to keep them safe. And now there's like, you know, 20 people out at a spot. And, that, and like, if you want to be there and you're going to be there, that's a whole thing. You know, everyone has a right to be there. But having an understanding of that culture and that people were there first and they've been guarding this area and they've been there and they have that mindset, it's important, you know, and teaching that along the way is a good thing too because it also helps not make people mad when when you're teaching them yeah yeah yeah. because yeah, yeah. if they know you're really teaching them the right way then it helps them not be mad at you and then also it saves everyone uh grief in the long run because hopefully that person does we all have to kook it sometimes we all do stupid shit when we're in the water that we have to learn from experience but if you can cut that down by a large percentage then that's definitely the goal of teaching because, <laughs> you know because you're gonna have to fuck up but it's just like how many times and to what degree is really what we're here to help with <laughs> right on well said can i get that later mm. <laughs> Edit. <laughs> <laughs> nah.
I like uh, I like deal? leaving it all in now. Yeah, of course. I mean, that's right. Anyone who's listening to this more than likely knows me. If they know me, they know me. So, <laughs> and if I don't, I'm sure you get the picture. <laughs> Something like uh, it. Yeah, that's cool, dude. I mean, like I said in the very beginning, I, you are one of the biggest influences on me as an educator. You know, just in terms of one really seeing what's going on and figuring out what the solution is for the problem. You know, or or the struggle. And then two, you know, the holistic sense is it's not just about riding waves and having fun, but this is a whole, this is not just an activity. This is a culture. It's a, it's a lifestyle and people who want to do it care about understanding all those parts, mm-hmm. you know, so having an education, having a, a chapter in the textbook address that stuff is actually really appreciated by people, you know, mm-hmm. and, and the more and more I dive into that, the more I realize and, and get reassured that that's the case, you know, that people want to learn that stuff. Yeah. And I mean, especially in this time, like the real value is in any wisdom you can impart to people that they can keep with themselves. Cause we're living in this world of like just so much information and information and like knowledge are different things. Like knowledge and wisdom are kind of, are pretty similar in that there's like they're simple and there's a little amount of them and they and they always work and it just like keeps everything balanced and information can easily just throw you off balance and so because so everything in the universe is waves surfing gives you that wisdom gives you aspects of wisdom that if you can apply them and use them in your life it, it's just it right now it would help people a lot because one of the main reasons that like I don't feel nearly as freaked out about what's going on there's a lot of reasons for that but that's one of the main ones. Mm, it's just mm. whenever I catch myself looking at all this information, I bring myself back inside. I'm like, what do you know? What do you believe is like really good? For, what's the best idea for you and everyone else? Well, what keeps right, you, what right. keeps you calm and not and, acting like a lunatic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And information is so dynamic and changing, you know, like mm-hmm. one day they're saying, oh, it's this. And the next day it's, oh, it's this. And it's so <laughs> short term, but wisdom and knowledge is much more per, uh, per, uh, like long term. It just, it's from beginning to end of your life, you know, and it's true. It's evergreen. It's always true. Whereas information is constantly changing, and if you just base, you know, your emotion on information, you're gonna. It's be a wild up and ride. Down. Yeah, yeah no, it's a fucking. That's what I'm saying. That's what the world's been going through. Right. It's a roller coaster, and I mean, that's kind of one of the best parts I was saying in the beginning. And obviously, you know, I, this affects people negatively, and I do feel bad for that. But one of the best parts about, you know, obviously, I think everyone who lives out here is fortunate. But kind of, but one of the best parts about not being so invested in the systems that we live in in the world is is that when they start to fail, like when you see the glitch in the matrix, which was what we've kind of been seeing, it doesn't throw you off as much. It doesn't mess you up because you kind of, you're not looking for that thing mm. to give you balance anyway. Like I don't believe for instance that like, like a government can really be the thing that helps make my life right. Or that like a healthcare system is what makes me healthy. Like mm-hmm, I believe mm-hmm. those things come from within me. Um, and just like everything I learned that from surfing. Cause it's just like, Anytime I try to control anything outside of myself in surfing is when I would get mad and act like a dick. I'm like, you know what I mean? If like that guy's getting too many waves, I'm like, I'm not, like it's all in your head. And it's just like, you know what I'm saying? Whereas, you know, on, on the opposite end, you just be really calm and uh, filled with peace. So <laughs> it's better to act from that place. Because mm. it's like, I know if I can control myself, you know what I mean? Those things, that's, that's the main thing. It's the only thing I can control. And that's the main lesson of surfing. Actually, that's a great lesson. If anyone's listening, I mean, literally, you can only... As he points at the mic. I point at the mic. If you can see me, I'm pointing at myself. Um, but, yeah, no, that is actually, that is, that, is, that is one of my golden rules. Is that The root of all evil is working to control things outside yourself. And the root of all good is working to control yourself. Mm. Um, I don't believe in good or evil, but they are words we use. So it's like, you know, in positive or negative, it goes to... Right, right. <laughs> 
Dude, that was great. No, that was so solid. Um, <laughs> What's it? <laughs> What's it? I think so. What's it? Okay, cool. I think so. <laughs> no. Um, all right. So now here's another thing I put down in my notes. One of my favorite stories you talk about is when you got the opportunity to go to Indonesia. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, it wasn't quite what you expected, but in some aspects you made it be what you expected, you know, specifically like going to surf when you weren't supposed to. <laughs> oh, oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Taking story. the jet ski. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, so I'll let you tell the story, but uh, I'll rem- if there's parts that I feel like you should have said, or I'll remind you of, but can you tell that story? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's actually an amazing, amazing story. I'm like <laughs> really grateful it ever happened in my life. So, because I was in Long Island, I wasn't doing much of anything. I, I I had a daughter really young, so I was there. I was like working, I think probably a telemarketing job, which is probably one of the worst oh, things yeah. that can ever happen to somebody. Uh, my condolences to anyone who's ever had to do that or who has talked to somebody like that, because uh, it sucks. On both ends, it sucks. Uh, but anyway, and I get an email from Toby, Toby Smith, who's uh, he like I'm, I've known for longboarding, and he was the guy before me who was an excellent longboarder down inspired all of us when we were in like Gilgo and stuff in mm-hmm. Ireland. And he and his wife uh, were uh, teaching surf lessons there. And they emailed me and said, hey, you want to come here and teach these Russian billionaires how to surf on like the Indies Trader 4 with us? You know, that was the email essentially. Like you have to bring a bunch of shit with us, but we're going to pay for everything and pay you. I was broke as fuck living in a basement in Massapequa. And like he said that, I was like, it took me less than a second to write, yes, please, like, <laughs> please, I'll do any, I would do it for free. But I was like, actually, absolutely. And anyway, so I get all, I, I ended up traveling there. They searched me for a while because he had me bring so much shit, so many inflatables and different sorts of surf toys and all kinds of crazy stuff. He couldn't get there or whatever. And it was crazy. But anyway, I finally get there. Um, <clears throat> and it was amazing. Yeah, I stayed with him, uh, you know, for a few days. Bali, and he's an excellent host. Yeah, there's actually no, there's so many. You can say whatever you want. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I'll tell you that bit of the story later. But I did meet this beautiful girl for a fleeting moment there in the beginning of the story. Uh, I remember that, and I started these amazing waves, it was really gorgeous. I also managed to get food poisoning and was hallucinating on the back of a motorcycle. (laughs) So, I mean, that place was crazy. So, like, (laughs) we live in the safest place ever. There's like a poison spider and ticks. Like, that's all we have out in Montauk, you know what I mean? Like, nothing really, that's it. Everything there can kill you. I've never been somewhere that's just dangerous just to go someplace. Like, just a, we were in a line of like 40 motorcycles going the wrong way down a major highway because the other side was closed. Like, everyone <laughs> was doing something crazy. Everyone's got, you know, their whole family. Everyone's heard the stories, but it was, it was just like that. And then we go to go to the Indies Trader and we fly to like, I guess it's Sumbawa. And it's like probably the poorest place I've ever seen. Everything is just corrugated steel shacks, right? I'm like tripping out about that. I'm like, never seen such poverty in my whole life. And we go there, we take a puddle jumper to this other little island where the whole Indies Trader fleet is. So you go from this crazy poverty to this guy owns this little island just off the coast of that that is an actual paradise. The most crystal clear blue water with his own fleet of giant surf yachts. And then we just piled onto the sickest one and set off across the ocean watching Sin City. Watch Sin City taking off into the Indian Ocean. I got to pick the movie. Huge. Oh, dude, there was a helicopter pad, like five floors, fucking a giant. <laughs> upstairs. There was a bar that could never run out. Five-star chef on board. The room I got to stay in, <clears throat> I was not important on this trip, <laughs> uh, was huge. Bigger than any room, like any single room I've had for myself. Um, anyway. Uh, so we go there and so Toby told me it'd be gnarly, but in the course of this, like we literally were teaching people who had no idea how to surf on like just the gnarliest waves. Everything there is on like, it was like such shallow, sharp reef. And like, I, it, it was, we, 
the one session we broke eight surfboards, including one of mine. And that was extremely, that was gnarly. Like the, the pinnacle moment was like, I had just saved somebody. Like we had jet skis, everything, you know? And we were like, and I looked towards like what would be shores, just dry reef. <laughs> and on the dry reef is the head billionaire dude. Like the fucking head honcho standing there with blood pouring down his shins, waving at the jet ski for help. And I was like, whoa, this is not going great. Like, you know, it was like, that was like probably, that was like after a bit, we had like worked up to that. But even the first day, like, I think, like, the little kid got stitches. Like, it, it was so gnarly there. But we did, in the course of it, get to surf the best waves I've ever, ever seen, for sure. They were making fun of me. <laughs> Why? Oh, because uh, I was freaking the fuck out. I'm from <laughs> Long Island, okay? Literally, I'm on, I'm on a fucking, like, a billion-dollar surf yacht with, like, legends. Like, fucking the, the guy, Martin Daly, who started the whole fleet, was on the boat. Fucking Tony Hetherington, who's an Australian legend. He's the first mate, and he's the craziest one. He called me Scrapper, because I wouldn't even wait for sets when we were surfing places. I'd just take anything, because it was, like, still the best wave I'd ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, it was, it was really, really crazy. And they were making fun of me, because I would... We had this rock of fuel coffee. It was unbelievable. I don't know where it was from. It was incredible. And I would sprint around the perimeter of the boat when we got the first morning. Like, I was a full-blown little kid on Christmas. I could not sit the fuck down. Because you're not, I'm not joking. Like, we're, right now, we were looking at islands out on the water. Dude, imagine, like, firing left, mile-long left, firing mile-long right. Like, from, you know, you're looking around, just island after island of, of crazy waves, and there's no one around. Literally, like, just the, the psalm, the one guy in a canoe. You know? Like, that's it. And it's just, Damn. it was it was unbelievable. And Toby did really step up to bat for us, though, because, cause, you know, he explained to me, he's like, listen, we're, and it was it was like 15 foot at like 20 seconds when I was there. It was absolutely fine. We were like running away from swell to find these people places to surf. Mm -hmm. But Toby's like, these guys are going to crack. Like they're going to lose their minds if we don't let them surf some of these waves. Because like it's just you can't expect them to just watch this all the time and then just surf a one foot wave with you guys, which you're still getting the shit kicked out of on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like so we got to surf. <laughs> so we got, we got, <laughs> I mean, that, I, he obviously probably would use much better language and was much more euphemistic than I was, but uh, <laughs> that's the, essentially the gist. But he did, we got to surf the hole, which is this absolutely firing left. And there was just the rip curl search boat out with us. And there was like eight guys total. Bruno Santos, I think was out, one of those guys. But I was just floored watching them get take off on the sets. And I was taking the medium waves. But I got the best barrels of my life. I actually got some photos of them. But to that point, best barrels of my whole life for sure. Taught, helped me learn how to ride tube. Uh, it was so crazy, and it's great too because Tony, he's an Australian. He's a he's a you know he, he smokes cigarettes all day long, all day long. Starts drinking at three every single day for his entire life. <laughs> Surfs better than most people ever will on a shortboard. Was ripping, um, and he cheers me into this wave, and I get barreled and come out I'm like, dude, thanks so much. He's like, you fucking made it. I was like, yeah. He's like, oh fuck, I was trying to get you to eat shit in front of the camera. <laughs> 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 and he's like, I would have taken it if I know it was good. And like, he was just like such a fuck. Actually, there's a really funny story later on about with him. Uh, but anyway, that uh, we got to surf macaronis. That's actually when I stole a jet ski because that was that made me that did make me lose my mind. I did crack. Right, right. So, so yeah, that's the part. That's really the highlight for me. I mean, damn, the whole story is so good. But if a part is better than any other, it's this part where you're like, you guys were what? You're supposed to like kill time with them or something. Or like, so we always play, we play, play with, with the kids. The yeah, play, play with the kids. <laughs> so me and the photographer, we're like, outside they, they, of macaroni. These, and yeah, just so no. And there's only a couple of boats allowed there, so you have reserved space. We surfed in the morning with them, and I got in a few waves, and fucking, we're sitting there, and we're whipping the kids around this gigantic inflatable, like, 20-foot thing, you get the whole family on there, whipping around the jet ski for a while, going nuts, entertaining the kids, doing the best we could, 
But like, you know, I just keep looking over and the dude Ben just keeps looking over and it's just, an, it's macaronis. It's a endless, per, the most endless perfect firing left, the easiest barrel ever with the most rippable section. Like anyone could surf good there and be happy. Like it's just so fucking sick and easy. I mean, obviously the reef will fuck you up if you fall, but like you shouldn't fall that much. It's so good. <laughs> but anyway, so, um, yeah, so we eventually we kind of snapped. The kids went in to like watch TV and we were supposed to like do something with them in there or something like that. And I was like, Ben, I was like, dude, let's just do it. Let's just take the fucking, let's just take the ski. Oh wait, I think it might have been the Tasmanian dude actually because that guy was the shit. Uh, but anyway, it doesn't matter who it was. We took the fucking jet ski and we left. <laughs> we went there, we got the barrel. It was so sick. We was back early. It was just like two other guys out. It was unbelievable. It was so great. Like the wind had come up a little bit, but it was still better than anything. I, How I, long did you surf for? I don't know, like almost till sunset, like an hour and a half. We were gone. I, I, once we, once I pulled the trigger, it's like, you know, I just heard this line on the show. It's like, if you're going to do something wrong, do it right. You know, yeah, 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 it's yeah, like, yeah. just go all the way. It's like, I've already hijacked their jet ski. Like, I'm in the Indian Ocean. They can't fire me now. <laughs> <laughs> they, they can fire me forever later, but they can't just kick me off now. <laughs> so, and, and Toby had been spear fishing and shit. He was off gallivanting. And I was like, this is your responsibility. You're the head guy. I know he's like, no, but you're the motherfucker who's lucky that you're here. And he's right about that. But you know what? You know what? I mean, like, look, you can, you, you can you look at it two ways. It's like, I haven't been invited back probably because I did that. But I also thought, oh, hey, well, I might never get invited back, so I better do this. So you know what, like, what came first and what created that reality? You know, who knows? Probably I should have not done it. <laughs> like, who knows? But, but you definitely yeah, surfed macaroni. But I absolutely did that, and that I can say forever. It was fucking awesome. And I came back, and no, no, one was, no one was happy with me. No one was pleased with me, um, except for the sister. But, <laughs> but uh <laughs> but uh yeah no that was that uh, oh that was that was kind of a really good one and then wait wow, i was thinking of something else something else happened oh right right so we're on a boat in the ocean and it was really smooth sailing for most of the time but at the end it actually we did we hit a storm and it got pretty real and i never been seasick in my entire life except for this one moment and like Dude, the boat was getting rocked by like 10 foot seas going side to side. Everyone's like throwing up places and shit like that. <laughs> and like the crews running around, boards are fucking flying. Like it's just completely coming undone everywhere. Every other crew's like freaking out. And I'm like, start, I can't find a single place in the boat to go where I'm not getting sick too, you know? So I'm like, yo, give me that, give me whatever that shit is. And the so I get it, and I go to the top of the boat, like now, what, like drama mean or something like yeah, that. Yeah, whatever it is that makes it so you don't get seasick. Uh huh. Anymore. And it's like a, it's it drugs you, like you're fucked up, and uh, or at least I was. Anyway, and I uh, we always had entourage on, always on the upstairs deck, and the, like that's where the bar was and the coffee and the big screen TV, and mm -hmm. the entourage was still on during this crazy storm. And I go there, I'm trying to calm myself, so I sit and watch it. And I'm, I have the, remember the craziest visions. I can knock out like this, like boards flying, people like yelling and screaming and Vincent Chase and Ari yelling and talking on the screen <laughs> and me hallucinating being like, this is trippy as fuck. Like this is really trippy, you know? And I knock out. But the funny thing about me is a lot of times I fall asleep with my eyes wide open. Okay. Right, Cause right. I have like that weird, whatever that is percentage of people who do that defense mechanism, I believe. And it works because people think you're fucking, <laughs> well, they think is you're dead. So. This is going on, and I wake up, I come to, and fucking Tony, the legend, that old Australian guy, sitting there with a cigarette, Scrapper! Scrapper, wake up! 
And I'm like, what the fuck? He's like, oh, holy shit. The whole crew's behind me goes, mate, we thought you were fucking dead. I've been yelling at you for fucking 30 seconds. He's like, yeah. I knocked out and the whole boat's still fucking rocking and they're all dying laughing at me because I'm like freaking out. And they, they like thought I was dead, you know, while I was sitting there watching Entourage in the middle of the storm. <laughs> and like, I was so fucked up when it happened. I was like tripping out when they must have been laughing at me so hard. Holy shit. Yeah, that, that medicine has like a drowsy side effect to it. So it'll put you out. It, may, it messed me up. And it was real. I remember that being super funny because just the whole crew thought I was dead for like 30 seconds. <laughs> uh, but the, and then that was, that was an amazing, that was a really, a, probably one of the illustrations. And that was a long trip too, right? Yeah, I like remember when you came back and it was like, it was a solid three weeks of time that we were like, Oh shit. Okay. Like tell, and it took like a couple of days of hanging out to hear all the stories. Yeah, no, it did. Oh, that, yeah, it was like three, it was three and a half weeks. I think total exactly. Cause we were on the boat for like 13 days. I was there for like almost five days beforehand. And then like almost five days after. And, uh, oh yeah. And then, and then I got to go to Kuda beach, which was actually really kind of the coolest thing ever. Little side note, the, uh, yeah, no, I don't know. It, it, we ended up going. There's this beautiful girl, and, uh, and I met in the beginning at this beach, and I'd forgotten all about it. And they mentioned on the boat that she had said something about me. I was like, oh, what? No way. And I didn't think anything of it. And we go to Kuta Beach, and they surprised me with her. And they met me at a sushi. They, they brought me to the sushi restaurant they had told me about and met me with her. No way. And then, no, they set me up with her. And <laughs> then, because she had asked about me, and then we they finished dinner. And then they go, okay, well, we're leaving and you're staying with her. And I was like, what? And she's like, and I was like, that's okay with you? And she was, she was shy. You know, it was really funny. Like she didn't talk that much at the dinner and she's like, yeah. I was like, okay. And I got in the back of this chick's motorcycle, went to Kuda Beach with her. <laughs> and then she was a serve instructor there. I like love this chick for like, you know, for like, like the whole rest of the time I was there. I was like, I was like, oh fuck, I would have married her. You know, I was tripping out. Uh, I had money and money in Indonesia is like pretty good. A couple thousand bucks there then was like fucking solid. I was like, shit, I should start life here. <laughs> but of course I couldn't and didn't want to really. But anyway, uh, yeah, they did that. And it, it was actually one of the coolest things because I got to experience Kuda Beach first name with someone who had been living there. And she was, she did something with Red Bull and went to this Red Bull party and like Jory Smith and like a bunch of other like, like people were there who were with Red Bull. And it was fucking, it was a really, really, really righteous night. That was amazing. Yeah, and that was basically the end of the trip. It was like another day or two after that, and then I left and went home. But that was like, that was probably the coolest thing ever to come back and have that little extra cherry on top. That like yeah, was like yeah, a yeah. dream in the beginning. You know, you show up to this like beach you've never been to before. It's just all these little rungs on the beach and firing left point break. And then you, you know, there's some beautiful chick. You know, that's the dream. <laughs> you know, and then you, you you head off and you never think anything of it. And then somehow it comes back and it happens. And then you send, they send you packing. <laughs> it's just like, oh, it was almost. Now live on that. <laughs> well, I mean, for real, that's a, you know, I guess it won't last you a lifetime, but it's, it's a good, it was a good memory for a lifetime. Um, yeah, oh, right on. Really special. <laughs> I was watching this comedy special, Crystalia, and he just, oh, no, I forget, actually. <laughs> actually, I think not. It's okay. <laughs> uh, 
It's funny, I was going to tell you before, I was like, dude, you don't have to like hold back or anything. And then I was like, hmm, should I tell him that? <laughs> yeah, no. I should hold back because it's really, there's so many layers of how, like that was me being really good. There's yeah, yeah, so I know. I, I was really, I didn't I was really proud us. of you, like for some aspects of that, that story that you didn't bring up. I'm like, well, not proud of you, like, but just impressed. Yeah, like, yeah. wow, wow, you didn't tell that part. The sister, okay. yeah, I didn't mention the, the billionaire sister. <laughs> Sneaking around the boat, fucking her. <laughs> well, there you have it. Is, is this recording still? It's recording. Is it? <laughs> yeah. Is I mean, part, is you really it? don't want me to put it in. Is I this part of it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Are you still recording? <laughs> Tricked ya. Oh man, guys, he's he's good. This guy's an investigative reporter. I'm telling you right now, this could cast a whole other thing. Uh, okay, so what's next then? So we keep going? Well, actually, yeah, I mean, we could do whatever we want. Honestly, I was like, wow, this is probably going to be the longest KoopCast I ever record because we could just keep going and going and going. I mean, you know, one thing leads into the other with us. Um, okay, so here's another fun story that I thought of. Um, you remember Hurricane Bertha? And do you remember? Okay, so here's a reminder. The yeah, night before. Are you talking about when we, uh, Chris and Brady's? Tree almost fell inside my car. Oh no, that, that was Hurricane Irene. Oh okay, okay. Yeah, that's actually a good story too. Which one was Bertha? No, Bertha was a fucking epic one. And you told us all the night before that it's not gonna be good unless we all go out and get smashed. Tonight. Oh, I do know this one. Yeah. And it, I was right because <laughs> I was right because yo, as smashed as we got, the waves were that good. <laughs> well, here's my side of the story, and I've actually told it before on the Coopcast. Oh good, but uh, j like I. I remember you saying that it was it was just me and Maddie at the time when you said it, and I was like, "Fuck no, I'm going home, I'm going to bed, have fun, guys." <laughs> and Maddie was like, "Oh, oh, really? All right, all right, let's go." <laughs> and the next morning, of course, it's fucking bombing and epic, and um, I remember going running. You're sleeping in the trailer park, so was Maddie. In the oh, you were both at Kristen and Corey's, and like I go, I like stir Maddie, I like shake his shoulder, and he rolls over and looks at me. Like, he doesn't even know who I am. <laughs> and, like, I'm like, wake up. The waves are firing. And he's like, okay. I run into your room, wake you up, and you're like, okay. Come back out. And Maddie's passed back out again. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, fuck it. These guys are done. Thank you, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> it worked. The sacrifice worked. Yeah. Right. Um, but... I, I don't even know what happened that night. I, I don't even it. know if you know what happened. <laughs> uh, I know a little bit about what happened. We went... But it all started on the theory that if you don't go out that night, it's not. Like I said it swell, so much the, that night. Yeah, the swell that we all thought was going to be amazing is not. It's just not going to happen. Well, that's exactly the theory that we went with, Chris. And you know what? <laughs> it turns out I was right. Um, so we went out, and you know we got bombed, and it was a really really nice night. We had a lot of fun. Danced Can you get a bunch. that lighter again, please. Yeah. Thanks. Um, danced a bunch, and anyway, yeah. So we were back at Chris and Corey's trailer, and this is how I remember, which is really great. Is that like Maddie was just in his little skivvies, like on the couch, and he was just like <laughs> he was just so smashed, and like I, I pulled it together real quick and knew what I had to do, and the waves were pretty, it was pumping, and I went and got my board, and I was like, man, you gotta get the fuck up. I was like, it is actually firing. I was like, wake up, get out, uh, put your pants on, and walk down the road and look at the ocean right now. Get up and look at the ocean. And he's like, I put his pants on, like basically on for him, set him up the door, and he goes walk, like walks back. And then he comes back, he goes, John, the waves are amazing. <laughs> I, I was like, dude, that's what I'm telling you. I was like, it is proper. Like, it's like, it's really, really good. He's like, I don't even have a surfboard. <laughs> so he goes and runs down to Tin's house. And I, we go and surf that point break down there. 
It was firing, just absolutely was firing laughs. Oh, this day was amazing. And so he grabs this 11 foot cream pintail and he it's pretty cold out and he's only in board shorts with no leash, right, wearing that, I mean, riding that board. Hungover as fuck. Destroyed. And he's taking off on bombs. It was like, you know, like, you know, probably double, triple overhead. Uh, and he was, when waves would close out, he would straight out and grab that big bear hug it and get demolished with it and dragged <laughs> in towards gigantic boulders. Like it was so funny to watch. But the coolest thing about that was he got this, Walter Yost was standing on the cliff and got this one incredible shot of him just like crouching in the middle and the curl of this really righteous, like fucking sick wave. Yeah, super classic looking, just, like parallel squat stance on a bomb yeah, on 11 It could have been in the 50s, you know what I mean? Yeah, it was just that yeah. good. Uh, and Or like 60s, I guess. And But anyway, he... um. Uh, and then Kelly Slater commented on that on that post. Yeah, yeah. Walter Yost posts. If you don't know, he's like a famous, famous photographer, like sports photographer, mm-hmm. and friends with Kelly Slater. And Kelly Slater comments on that. What did he say? Oh, I don't know. He said like that. Just that, so like, sick something like something. that looks so sick, or that's so amazing, or something. Whatever it is, something classic and positive. But I mean, Matt, for Matty Leo, smashes fuck on borrowed equipment. Like that's the coolest thing that ever happened. Yeah, he yeah, got yeah. taken a photo of that lasts forever by a legend, and then got commented on by the ultimate legend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And he probably wasn't even hung over. He was probably still drunk. He's 100% still drunk. I know that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so was I, but I'm just better at it than he was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, sure. I was smashed, but I, I actually had a mystical session. You like, had a great day that day. I remember because when I finished up at the right, I was walking back up and you were still surfing the left. And I, like, I just saw you. I'm like, oh, look, there goes John. Take off tube, fucking big old tube. And just, and that was on... Evans, like the Lamis 6.3 you were riding, right? That day? I think I was, I think it was my 7.6. Really? Maybe, I, I don't know. It was this, no, because oh, that was like the right. summer. No, you're probably right. That's when I got it. Because that was the were summer you big got big it. So it was like the go-to board. And it was the right board to ride. And you were getting shacked on it. Yeah, that was And like, I just walked right up on like your side of the point watching you. Cause, what a great point, huh? That's crazy. It goes yeah. both ways. Yeah. And, uh, and, and you were just getting... Fucking covered up on these beautiful, glassy, clean, big tubing waves. And I was spent because I had been surfing like all morning and, and, and you were just still out there doing your thing. Yeah, I had, the, I had the drunk energy. But no, here's why it was so good. So I like, got onto the beach and I warmed up and caught myself really kind of in a really good headspace. And I could see how I would pal out in advance. Like, I had a vision because there was this rock that was just properly submerged by the tide. Oh, I remember you And I yeah. piled up to it, rode like the little water lake just perfectly up onto it, waited, and just I had just enough. But it was just the right height where when waves would break, they turned to white water, and I could brace for them and not get taken off the top of the rock. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it was unbelievable. And I could see over the other waves, and I literally could see to when there was going to be a, a, um, a lull and jumped out over one wave and did not get touched on my way out, not by a single wave, I didn't have to duck dive. Palled straight out and turned around and got, got out right I away. totally remember you telling me, you were like, you you started the whole conversation by being like, dude, you'd be so proud of me. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how it I, is, folks. <laughs> <laughs> you were like, I found this rock, it was the perfect right tide for the whatever, you know, and I just like landed on it like a helicopter, stood on it, waited for the set to pass, and then jumped over the last wave and fucking paddled out didn't even have to duck dive. 
I was like, oh. Right, yeah, see, and then see, that's what you like to hear though, is you're getting older and crazier, uh, is consistencies in your in your stories from other people. Because there's this great saying, it's like the older I get, the better I was. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. You know? Right. It's yeah. just like, you know, cause you know, by the time <laughs> by, by the time we're 60, that story will be 30 foot. And you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that was I was a lone gunman out there, just you know, just <laughs> rifling through huge ones. Which is not the case, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah. Man, there's such good skipping rocks here. I know, I saw a couple great ones before. I want to try and skip a few. Oh, once I have a great one. Um, uh, yep. So, it was a hand. So, the Bertha story was really pretty amazing. Bertha. Yeah, that was. that. Remember that summer? Like, we had like an ABC one, two, three of hits of storms Arthur, Bertha, Cristobal. Wow. Remember right. that? Man, we, yeah, yeah. surfing's the best. There's so <laughs> many actual great times of, of your life. Like, if you're just there and you commit to it, so many amazing times. Yeah. That's such a, that's such an important word in surfing is the commitment, you know? Like, you've got to show up, though. Because how many times do you show up and hope there's waves and it's not, you know? Well, you know what? Actually, yeah, that is true. But it's actually crazy because, like, obviously we're not old. But I, we remember surfing the time when there weren't forecasts. And you really couldn't, you would have to go to the beach. And look, there weren't cameras, mm-hmm. pre-surf line. Like, you had to really fucking... You just had to be committed and just go check. It was just part of your routine. And still now, though, I guess it's true. Because, like, even, like, for instance, like, today, like, I wouldn't have just, you know, I probably wouldn't have surfed, but I did. And it was, I mean, I am so much happier because of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, drastically different person, it feels like, almost every time. <laughs> and that's so that's true. Because now it's been, like, I don't even know, like, 25 years or something like that. And fucking, uh, like, it's been that good. Because I'm 32, and I learned when I was five, right? So it's even longer than I know. How long is it? 26 years? So it doesn't make a fucking difference, really, numbers exactly. But when you do something for that, like, a whole lifetime, and it just essentially gets better. Because I had so much. It was, like, two foot this morning. I had so much fun. It might have been the most fun I've ever had. <laughs> like, who could tell? You know? Like, there's no accountant, so. Oh, right on. Fucking good story. <laughs> it's it's so important to, like, to, to realize that and to hang on to that, protect that, like, um, like excitement about surfing regardless of size stoke. or yeah stoke basically stoke you know and have that stoke no matter what because like we just told stories of going to Indonesia scoring epic home hurricane surf all that and this morning you just had the most fun you've ever had on two foot waves longboarding you know with a little 15 year old up and comer you know? yeah yeah it's great it's so much fun <laughs> it's, it's like yeah I mean you could tell which what's the most fun you've ever had. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. It's and that's like, that's like the definition of stoke. Yeah, it really is. And <laughs> I mean, that's actually probably one of the biggest things that, like, I think people hopefully get from surfing, and that I would like that they apply to everything is like finding stuff that makes you elated, like joyous, amped, really just both stoked. Things that make you stoked. It's just mm-hmm. like it makes your life so much better, and then you're more you're like a more well-rounded more pleasant individual you know because people have things they love that's one thing i've been saying lately it's like a cool with this whole pandemic and everyone stopping it's like it's a great period of time for people to reassess themselves and think about what it is they love to do because that's one of the things that always like trip me out i've been really lucky i've known the things i love to do for a long time but like what's like you live in a really like sort of advanced society they say or like really on the peak of civilization as we know it right now 
And like most people don't know even what they like to do or love to do. Mm. And I always thought like, what a failure on like basically every part <laughs> of the system. <laughs> but like, you know, it's just like, I got like, and that's like, because it changes the quality of your life and it changes the quality of the life that you share with others. Mm. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I think that that's probably one of the most important things surfing does. And there's other things that can do it too. I mean, I love writing and that's like, like one of the things I love on the other side. I mean, but you know, surfing is still cool. The yeah, <laughs> the jam. Because you can be, you know, because like writers can go crazy and they can, you know, you can write and just get all dark and everything. But you go surfing, you're, I mean, you're gonna be, you're gonna be amped, and then the writing will be a little bit more filled with that. Anyway, dude, what, what a good way to wrap it up. Cheers. Cheers. And remember, kids, wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a kids podcast. Yeah, well, it's a kook cast. You know? <laughs> and that lesson, don't kook it. And that lesson's valid. <laughs> For sure. And free.